Well, good morning, everybody. Thanks for uh, waking up early, especially to a couple people who I know what time you went to bed last night. Um, uh, I'm Brian Betts, one of the pastors here. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. I hope that this morning is going to be a great chance to reflect on who God is in our lives and where he's been and where he will be uh, as we move forward. And a uh, quick reminder too, we will be doing that basically all of January. So starting next week, we'll open the very beginning of our Sharing the Joy series. If you haven't seen our emails or anything, uh, this is a guidebook that we're all gonna go through. 21 days of working through our story, how our story is good enough, how other people brought our story to life that God used, similar to what Mary just said. And it's just this wonderful, uh, this wonderful opportunity. Our staff did it in the fall, and we were so encouraged by this. It helped us feel stronger about things that we're doing. It caught us all with a couple of little spots where we're like, huh, maybe I could be a little bit better when I'm more intentional, but not better, intentional when I'm going about my stuff. Um, and so we're really excited to kick this off next week, and you guys will all be getting one of these uh, when you guys come in. Um, so just a reminder on that. Um, somewhere, I think we have too much stuff for pastors to carry around. We got a microphone, we got clickers, we got all kinds of stuff. Um, so this morning, and see, I even forgot my water. I have so much stuff. It's down there. Maybe at some point I'll go get it. Uh, today I want to talk about the fact that God keeps calling. Whether you're just starting to figure out who he is, and it's only been a couple of weeks, or that you've been coming to church and being surrounded by believers for 30, 40, 50 years, he keeps calling. We like to call it ongoing spiritual transformation or OST here. It's just that continued growth, listening for his voice. And so today we're gonna reflect on listening to his voice. And so what I love about New Year's is I, I love like the end of the year and being able to reflect and, and, and pause and get pulled back, get the moment to pull back and actually like, pause and, and stop the daily grind and go, okay, let me, let me actually like see what's working. What am I, what am I leaning on a little too much? What, what has just become rote behavior that maybe I need to, to reset where my heart is on something? And I think it's a wonderful process. And one of those things that so many people do is we have our, we have our New Year's resolutions. And so this was a poll taken back at the end of November, going into December, what do you want to do this year? How many of you guys actually still do resolutions or are we all in the pool of, I just quit by January 3rd, so I don't actually bother? Uh, what, what America is saying at this point is their goals are to exercise more, eat healthier, lose weight, save more money, spend more time with family and friends, spend less time on social media. A lot of us could stand to use that one, myself included. Uh, reduce stress on the job. I think those two are related, the one above it and that one. And reduce spending on living expenses. These are fantastic things, right? We're, we're, it's gonna help us be better people. It's gonna help us be more in tune and, and more present and, and better to the people that we, want, that we love, that we wanna be around. It'll help us be more impactful. These are a great lists. And I looked at 2022, it's basically the same list. There's a few economic things that shuffle the, shuffle the list slightly, but it's basically the same list every year. People just want to be better for the people around them. But there's a glaring hole in this list and for people who are sitting here, I think we know what the glaring hole in this list is in terms of trying to figure out who we are. Pursuing more of God, pursuing knowledge of who God is. This is something that we, not only probably in our top 10, but I hope is at the sitting at the very top of the list. I mean, there are some physical needs every once in a while. If you just had a doctor's appointment that maybe didn't go as well as you would like, maybe that's number one. That might be okay in the short term. But we have this draw to who God is that makes us unique and makes us different to everybody else. And I've just started reading, and I mean just started reading, chapter one, uh, J.I. Packer's Knowing God. So don't come talk to me about chapter 10 or chapter 17. I don't know what's in those yet. But it's a study on who God is and what we need to know about God to understand. In his very first chapter, he explains why this is so important for each of us to understand. He literally just opens up with why on earth would we spend time doing this? And I hit this absolutely beautiful. It's like four pages in, this beautiful summary. I've read A.W. Tozer's Knowledge of the Holy multiple times, and I absolutely love that book. Tozer says, we go for a big picture of God because it's the greatest thing we can do for the generations to follow. 
to give them the biggest picture of an amazing God we possibly can because we know how history works, we know how communication works, and unfortunately, if we don't do our best, it will just keep watering down. And I love that. It is a passion point for me for in this role to continue to give a picture of the biggest God I possibly can. Packer helps explain it in terms of what the world is like maybe for folks who don't. And I absolutely love this quote. As it would be cruel to an Amazonian tribesman to fly him to London, put him down without explanation in Trafalgar Square and leave him as one who knew nothing of English or England to fend for himself. So we are cruel to ourselves if we try to live in this world without knowing about the God whose world it is and who runs it. The world becomes a strange, mad, painful place and life in it a disappointing and unpleasant business for those who do not know about God. What a phenomenal quote. On the one hand, it, under, it explains why we have hope in dark circumstances and also helps us understand why, according to USA Today, more than half of Americans are terrified of 2023. They use words worried, exhausted, scared, when they were filling out, how do you feel about the upcoming year? But for us who have hope, we know where it's rooted. And we know that continued pursuit of God is where that's rooted. And that continued pursuit of God coming after us, that's the best part. The creator of the universe with all the things he could be doing is still whispering to us. Sometimes he's shouting at us. I will tell you this morning how my morning started. I did not dress like this in my first pass this morning. I woke up this morning, and as all of us, when I love about our pastoral staff, when we're all going to pray, we ask the Spirit to speak through us. We ask God to have it be about him. And I added one more today. God, remind me that you are in charge. And I'm brushing my teeth, and my toothbrush slips out of my hand. My electric toothbrush slips out of my hand and goes bump, 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 bump to the floor, and then toothpaste is going everywhere. So these pants got changed because I was smart. I didn't put my shirt on. I had, I, I had my undershirt on just in case I do that when I get ready in the morning. In case I spill breakfast or something, I don't put my other shirt on. So I had to change my pants already. And then I get to church, and I'm moving a few things around this morning. I'm carrying some stuff, leaving the house and everything. And I look down, I take off my coat, and I look down, and I have something I don't even know what it is sitting right here. So I text my wife, honey, can you please bring a shirt for me? I'd greatly appreciate it. So this morning, I asked God to please be in charge and remind me of that. And he reminded me real quick, relax, Brian, I've got this. And I'm going to prove to you that whatever your plans are this morning already are going to change. So believe me, I heard you. I know you're there. So aside from dropping toothbrushes and rubbing up against whatever it was that I rubbed up against, we have, we have ways that we at RCC, your pastoral staff at RCC, believe how God talks to us. God keeps calling us through Scripture. He makes this promise, and he has protected this promise for thousands of years that we can pick up the word and hear directly from him, hear about his plan, hear who he is, and come back to him whenever we're struggling or feel more affirmed when we're pushing through something and we, we're, God's with us and we know, man, I am, I am pushing boundaries. My OST is growing. I can tell my OST is growing. And we go back to the word and it affirms what's happening for us. We also know that he brings relationships into our lives. He brings people who help us see the world in a completely different way. I have been so lucky to have folks in my life like my friend Rick Boone and Mike Boblett and Keith Harrison and even some of you who have come into my life and I've gotten to know you and you have encouraged my faith. I am so grateful for that. I'm so grateful to God for surrounding me with people who help me see him in a greater greater bigger, brighter light. Of course, we have prayer. When we actually get a chance, especially when you really sit in that prayer and you're really listening, that he can bring us along. And prayer also is that tool that we use to help illuminate scripture, to help us praying over the word when we're doing it, asking God. It's not just a text. It's God's divinely inspired text. That when we're getting together with people, that prayer helps ignite that God would be in this conversation. 
We have such a gift from God to have prayer. Such a gift from God that in the word, Jesus was captured helping us understand how prayer works. And then the last one that we have that we believe in is suffering. God uses suffering to talk to us. Anybody had significant change in their life of drawing near God through suffering? Yeah, it might be the strongest one that he has. And here's our promise as RCC. We will never intentionally add that last one to the list in your life. We might unintentionally add that to, to the list somewhere along the line. So today, when we're talking about God keeps calling and we reflect, I actually want to reflect on those first two. We're going to spend time reflecting on how God has been talking to us through Scripture and how God has been talking to us through relationships. And as I'm thinking through this and wanting to do this, I'm thinking about text that works and, and, and where we could go from this. And I get to Acts. Acts 8. Man, what a wonderful moment. If you know Acts 8, it's Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And what a perfect, encouraging experience in the word where it comes together, both of these things working together, scripture and relationships in the early church. So Philip is a guy who's just been tapped to be a leader in the church. And Luke captures this story. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. This is a guy who actually has some status. Now, if you know what a eunuch is, Google it if you don't. Um, there is a trade about a eunuch. He chose some trade-offs. But what he got out of these trade-offs is he got to work in the royal court. He's actually a man of status. He has comfort. He knows where his next meal's coming from. He is part of the court of the queen. She's relying on him. This is a guy who's got a good deal happening. He's also a Gentile. You put all those things together, and this story becomes extra fascinating. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning, seated in his chariot, when he was reading the prophet Isaiah. He got the word. He was given scripture. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. And so Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet, and asked, do you understand what you're reading? There's language barriers, there's cultural barriers, there's, there's proximity to what Jesus had just done. That Philip just really quick is assessing, where are you at in understanding this? And he says, how can I unless someone guides me? So he pretty much quickly he says, hey, I, I don't totally know everything that's going on. And he invites Philip to come and sit with him. And so here's what he was actually reading. This is Isaiah 53, 7 and 8. Now this passage of the scripture that he was reading, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation for his life is taken away from the earth? This eunuch is reading about this person that this prophet, Isaiah, who actually also shares a promise with a unit, with four eunuchs in there in chapter 56, you can go look it up later, might be the reason why he got this text and why he's drawn to God, a promise to exactly what his role is about a legacy. But he's reading this and he's going, someone, the prophet has gone out of their way to acknowledge somebody. This, this person who we're supposed to be paying attention to is going to be treated horribly when he doesn't deserve it. Who is this person? His interest has been piqued. God has spoken to him through scripture. And even though he doesn't totally get the picture right now, God is illuminating scripture to him as he's going through it and as Luke captures. And so the eunuch turns to Philip and says, about whom, I ask, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? And Philip opens up his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told them the good news about Jesus. Hey, you know who this guy is? This guy that Isaiah wrote about hundreds of years earlier? He was just here. And you know what he did? He died for us. He died so that we can be forgiven. When he didn't deserve it, just like Isaiah said what happened, he didn't deserve it. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here is water. The eunuch gets excited. He goes, 
I'm buying everything you're saying, Philip. This word is speaking to me. You're closing the gap. You're putting the story together for me. I am impressed. Tell me more. And he sees this body wandering. He says, what prevents me from being baptized? He's been told about the gospel. He's been told about how we can be part of this by pledging our lives and our hearts to God and our faith and, our, and treasuring Jesus. And he commands this chariot, this guy with power says, stop the chariot. And they both went down to the water and Philip and the eunuch. And Philip gets to baptize the eunuch. This man who was in a great easygoing space in life. Comfort. He's in a palace. He sees that there's more. God uses scripture to speak to him and he gets excited. And then he has a relationship come back to with Philip. And it culminates in him giving his life for God's purpose and God's plan. And he himself, unable to have a family legacy, now joins into this family. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. So the first thing that I wanted to think about is scripture. Now they had an ex a great experience, just that illumination, that excitement. I was thinking about what has scripture been for me this year? What could I share with everybody? My story is actually similar to what Mary just shared about history in the U.S., Seeing the difference, seeing, seeing how this comes to life, seeing as how when you put the pieces together and you look at where we are now and you go back and you consistently look at the connection between all these things. As you guys know, I'm still going to Biola. I'm working on my, my degree, my master's in theology. Thank you. Is that for me or for Biola? Well, I'll take either one. Uh, and I got to do the survey classes over this last year. So you do the broad stroke Old Testament survey and you see how all the stories connect and how God from creation to all these kings, good and bad, to these covenants from Abraham to David and they all come to life and the story connects and builds. And then I got to do right after a New Testament survey. So I got to see the connection and I got to see the building of the church, the gospels bringing Jesus to life in the early stages of the church. And you read quickly and you read a lot, but you look at it from this level. And it was just a wonderful thing to do the same thing that brought the passion for U.S. history and sharing it that Mary has. It brought the same thing for me. I got to have this wonderful experience of seeing all the big dots get connected, getting to dwell in the big dots as it got all put together. And I didn't plan this, but my last class that I just finished up in the fall was World Religions. And I'd been looking forward to this one for a long time. Get a little more versed in so many other religions and where they stand. And to have this big picture of God and his plan, and then to get to read the sacred texts, not everything, I'm gonna, full disclosure, I didn't get to read every single piece of the Quran. I didn't get to read every single piece of what the JWs have, what the Mormons have. Uh, we read the Talmud from the Jews, which is where a second century, they brought, they brought a lot of law into life and they sort of made their own thing that was almost supplanting the Old Testament and how you're supposed to follow all these rules. And I got to even look at Eastern religions. And I had this lens of God's big plan. And how everything from creation, through even the people that screwed up to God's promise, all the way through the fulfillment that nobody saw coming, very few saw coming with Jesus. Because who would have thought this baby that we just celebrated for Christmas would be the thing and we got to see all of this stuff put together. And then I got to put it through the lens of comparing and contrasting to all these other religions. And it just made my fire for Christianity, my fire for God's plan grow even stronger. It was such a fun time to do all this stuff. It wasn't without finding hurt, too. I have really good friends that are Mormon. And my heart broke. Reading the Book of Mormon reading some of their sacred books and their writings and digging around. On, I did my papers on the idea of family in, in Mormons, the doctrine of family in Mormons. And surprise, 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 I cried at one point going through this because my heart broke for my dear friend who we've had conversations. But this strength that scripture gave me, this growth that scripture gave me, helped me see God so much brighter and have even more confidence in how this all came to life. And so that's what I'd love for you guys to do today with me, all of us together. We're gonna take some time to reflect on this question first. How did God call you through scripture in 2022? Maybe there is pain, 
Maybe you were excited about something. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you really want to understand an idea more and you were reading the word and it came to life. I want you to spend a few seconds just thinking about that. What was it in God's word this year that spoke to you? Maybe it even challenged you and you're still kind of digging deeper. Maybe you still haven't quite figured out exactly what it means, but you spent time in the word and God used that to stir in your heart and to get you thinking differently. So we're going to take 20, 30 seconds. If you got your phone, put it in your notes. If you got a pen, write it in your worship folder. What was that part of scripture that God spoke to you? And just thank him when you have it. Just tell him a great big, like, I, I don't deserve this, but thank you for using your word to draw me in in this last year. had a chance to reflect on 2022. I want us to take a couple seconds too for scripture and to pray over 2023 for scripture. Pray that God will help all of us through scripture, that God will continue to ignite our fire through reading the text, whatever. We may not even know what the thing is right now. We may be very aware of what the thing is. Maybe we've lost somebody. Maybe the job situation is tentative. Whatever it is, God knows what's coming for us. God knows what's happening right now. And he has scripture prepped to find us. It's just listening to that voice. So let's pray for 2023 and scripture in our lives right now. Gracious Heavenly Father, you gave us this gift that you have protected for 4,000 plus years. This, this word from the story of how you have created everything in the beautiful trinity that you are part of. You've given us stories of struggles and failures and distractions. There's so many things in this world that are telling us, look at me 
and I will give you what you need. But you keep pulling us back in. We are so grateful for how you keep pulling us back in with scripture. And we ask in each of us that this upcoming year that you use the word to draw us. That you use the word to continue to illuminate whether it's directly for us or whether, whether maybe you bring us together with somebody but just like Philip and the eunuch, but that word would be exactly what you want it to be, exactly what it is. It is your word breathed and that active living word in this year would continue to just help our fire burn bright and big for you, to continue to grow us, to help our spiritual transformation continue as we just keep drawing closer and closer and wanting to draw closer and closer to you. So I said earlier, the second thing that I want to talk about today is relationships. God uses relationships. I hope that all of us have had an opportunity to be blessed by someone in our lives, whether it's a parent, a friend, a mentor, in the eunuch's case, a random stranger. But God puts people in our lives to try and get us to see him. And I said I wasn't going to talk a ton about suffering today, but this last year for me, when I was reflecting on relationships... I think this whole year as I was pondering, what about me and relationships this year? I've spent a lot of time, and I didn't even realize, I've spent a lot of time thinking about the people that I've lost in my life. Whether it's my dad passing now two years ago, or my friends that moved, or even my non-church friends and, and parts of ideology and culture that have just made it tougher, that even when we get together, I just know, I get clear signals, don't go there anymore, Bri. I don't want to hear it. Been lamenting relationships. Now, not in light of being grateful for the wonderful new folks through this church and through other opportunities that I have gotten to know that encourage me all the time, but man, I, I was sitting with God going, what is it? Why, why am I dwelling on this? Is, this? is this sin? Is this something like I, I got to get over? What is the thing? Why, why do I keep just lamenting the loss of these people. And to be honest, really, in the last couple weeks, it finally has started to become clear. He was helping me see that relationships are for a season. It was something that I know, I could say it, I can hear it, people have told me that, but it hadn't hit here yet. And really, in the last couple of weeks, it started to hit here. Some of these seasons, I hope my season with my wife has another 75 years to go or so. I'm going to be married for 94, pushing 95. I'm sure I'll be at the light. <laughs> Some of them have been for months, weeks. Some of them have, have been going for years and still are going. But that desire to bring them the word, this thing that we're going to explore in our Sharing the Joy series, that desire to get them to see God, just isn't, hasn't developed in the way I thought this almighty God wanted it to develop. And sometimes I get down about that. I wonder, is it me? What am I doing? Is it something about my faith? Is it something about what I say? What's happening that I haven't broken through to this person yet? And in all of this, I've, I've been hearing God just recently really go, Brian, it's a season. And be okay with the season. And then it finally hit me, is he's prepping me for what's to come. Some things will be unplanned. Some things, I think you all have heard from Todd, there's a few of us, the intention is to send us out. And we get to start all over with a bunch of, to start with strangers. Brothers and sisters in Christ, but strangers. I've been talking to a few friends who have a few things in life where they started over. It's not easy. It's easy for the, to listen to them talk about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's tough to do this. When I'm put into that, to realize I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably have limited time for some of these wonderful relationships that I've built in this area with these friends. I have no idea when it's my time. There's no exact plan. This is not me saying I'm going somewhere right now. I heard some people thought as Todd started to read his letter that he was resigning on Christmas Eve. That would have been a weird move, right? But he's prepping me. He's getting me to be okay with seasons. And because he's getting me to be okay with seasons, the biggest thing that's hitting me 
is treasuring what that season is. Having less of a slow play sometimes for sharing the gospel or letting someone know how I feel or their impact on me. That fire for let them know. Share the gospel. Let them know these people mean something to you. Don't slow play anything because this season you don't know. It could be a week. It could be a year. This season will end at some point. And he's getting me this year through relationships to see that and appreciate that. And then I go and I read Acts. I'm pointing to a blank slide. I go to read Acts and I read this story of Philip and the eunuch. It was in my head. The slide was still up there. I go to read this story of them. And I didn't, I didn't add it in there because it gets into some words like disappear and then there's whole other conversations that have to happen. But the summary, like the last couple sentences of the story with Philip and the eunuch, he baptizes him and he's gone. The eunuch who had this amazing moment with Philip now doesn't have Philip. And Philip who just built this new friendship with this guy and they have this beautiful experience of what we all want, right? We all want to meet somebody and open up a Bible and go, here is God. And within three minutes, we're baptizing them and it's the best thing ever. I want that so bad for everybody I come in contact with. And Philip got this and immediately God goes, okay, other things to do. Go over there. This lamenting where I was, I would have been sitting there going, but I want to go see the eunuch again. But God uses stories like this. He inspired Luke to capture that story and to share it because he's trying to get us to see a life in him, seeing him, listening to how he's calling us through relationships gives us this beautiful opportunity to appreciate the seasons we have and the time we get to spend with people he puts in our lives, whether they know him and it's an encouragement for us or whether they don't. And it's an encouragement too because, boy, we cling to God even more and we're trying to figure out why is this not breaking through. But every relationship is a season. And so the same thing we just did for Scripture, I'd love to have you reflect. How did God call to you? Through relationships. Maybe it was somebody who encouraged you. Maybe it was somebody who helped you cling tighter to him because it's not working out as well. Maybe it was somebody at work, a work relationship that wasn't going well, that's causing the suffering or the tension. But I can guarantee you this, God definitely puts somebody in your life. Maybe it hasn't, maybe you haven't had a chance to reflect on who that is, but take a few moments and ponder, who is it, God, that you're using in my life or that you used in my life? in this last year? Who do you want me to see? Who do you want me to be grateful to you for getting to have them be part of my experience, getting that season with them? So let's do that.
And let's do the same thing that we did for scripture. Let's pray over this next year that relationships, that God would use relationships in this next year to call to us, to draw us closer to him. Gracious Heavenly Father, you've surrounded us with people. Maybe they're people we are familiar with. Maybe we're married to them. Maybe they're our parents. Maybe they're our kids. Maybe they've been our best friend for years. Maybe we haven't even met them. We pray that you would use relationships to draw us to you. To take that same fire that we're asking for, that scripture would continue to stoke in us and make relationships double that amount. That we would see that it's not just the word, but it's relationships. You are constantly using your creation to talk to us, that these individuals, these people made in your image, whether they get you or not, are helping to draw us to you. And that we would see that in these relationships too, even if they're combative, even if you're putting people into our lives that don't have the same values, that don't see you in the same light, that we still would remember that they are part of your creation and in that draw closer to you. Thank you for the blessing of relationships as messy as people can be. Thank you for wiring us to desire to want to be around others, to have others near us, to love others, to be loved so we get a glimpse of who you are and so that we are inspired by you to make the most of these relationships in glorifying you. So make this next year be exactly that. A year full of God-honoring relationships that when we walk away from every single one of those interactions, we feel brighter and stronger and more grateful to you. Amen. So, Sort of the takeaway for today. When you take those two things and you put them together, what do you get? The church. We are here to honor God through scripture and relationships. We go to the word to learn who he is. We talk with each other to get excited about who he is. And he continues. It's, it's this, it seems so complicated yet so simple at the same time. His word and relationships is basically what the church is. And I talked before about the macro view I had this year. All the big pieces that put together when I was studying the big ideas of the Old Testament, the big ideas of the New Testament, and contrasting that with the other faiths that are out there. But there was one verse this year. I was on vacation in June, and I was reading Ephesians. Just like your John books that we gave out, I went and bought a whole New Testament set of all those because I love circling and writing things in the margins. It looks like a busted football play by the time I'm done with how I mark it up. I don't even know what I write most of the time. And I got stuck on chapter 3 in Ephesians, specifically 8 through 12. I want to share that with you guys. To me, though, I am the very least of all the saints. This is Paul. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. This guy who was murdering Christians, realizing that he of all people doesn't deserve this role. I haven't killed any Christians, but man, this hits my heart a lot too, quite often. Who am I of all people to end up here in God's sovereign plan to be sitting here? And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things for thousands of years, hundreds of years, wherever people showed up in this timeline, they were looking for something. They were looking for a savior, for a Messiah, for a way out, for power to come back to Israel. Whatever it was that they were looking for, brighter hope, this eunuch wanting a legacy. He made a trade-off. He could never have a legacy. But Isaiah puts in there a prophecy that says you will be part of God's family, which is better than any other family you could possibly create. 
that this whole thing comes together, and it's Paul's gift to help teach this so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, his whole gigantic plan and purpose and how everything works together where our stupid, finite human brains can't even begin to wrap our heads around how and why he would do the things he does, but we're able to step back and go, huh, now that I think about it, that's perfect. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This church, look around for a second. Look at the people sitting next to you. Imagine the people who are sleeping in this morning, rightfully so. It's okay. That's all right. No shame, right? We're not going to judge them. But keep tabs on who's here and who's not. This is RCC. This is just one of God's churches. And we have been asked to be this beacon that explains the glory of God in its fullness. What a gift we've been given. It is this gigantic gift that we have been tapped, that the Holy Spirit has reached into our hearts and we collectively get to be this wonderful thing. And it's not just this wonderful thing so that our neighbors see it, so that rulers and authorities in the heavenly places, this is the thing that stops me every single time I read this verse and why I've been stuck on it since June because I can't even begin to fathom just the gravity of what we get to do and what we are, that angels, people be on this earth, angels who get to sit with God and see him in his full majesty, see what God is doing with this church, with you and me and us collectively, and they marvel that God could do what he's done and change our hearts, our broken hearts, our sinful humanity that doesn't deserve anything, that God not only gives us something that we don't deserve, but changes our hearts in a way we magnify his glory. And they sit up in heaven and they go, okay, we're around God all the time and this is amazing, but look what he's doing with this church. Look what he has done through Jesus and this plan and this church coming to life. And he is even bigger in their eyes because of us, because of how he changes our lives. What a gift we have. We're being watched by angels. And we show the glory of God to them. I can't get past this. I almost couldn't read the rest of Ephesians. This is a wonderful thing, and this is scripture and relationships. When we hear God calling, we light up. When we have scripture, when we hear what God is talking to us in scripture, and we get excited. When we're surrounded by people, and we see God, and we get excited, it all comes together, and it's a culmination here that on Sundays, together, we get to celebrate. And then we go out, and we share it, and we come back again on Sunday, and we celebrate, and we rinse and repeat. We get excited together, and we encourage each other together. And then we go out, and we shine bright for the rest of the world to see. And Paul understood this gift that he had. This is an amazing, amazing thing. So here's our takeaway. Right now, we're going to pray for the big church, the big global church, as well as for RCC. And I love that this week, I'm not going to tell you to set an alarm on your phone. We're about to do that with sharing the joy, so I don't want to have too many alarms. But this week, whenever you have that moment where you turn to somebody and you're grateful that they're in your lives, or you turn to somebody and just, you do the Todd Chapman smack your head thing. You can't, who is this person? Why are they saying these things? Why are people so difficult? Either one of those moments. You're grateful to God or you're baffled, so you need to go to God. That in that moment, you pause and you thank him for the church. You thank him for being part of the church. And you say a prayer for our church. If you haven't noticed... The world around us right now 
is a challenge. USA Today poll, more than half of America is terrified of what's coming in 2023. Todd shared a number a while back that, I don't remember the exact numbers, they're both really close to 80. 80% of each party thinks the other party is trying to destroy America. Whether that's true or not, we are in a bad state for relationships. Our church has been ordained by God with the ability to break that. If you don't feel like you're on the front lines yet, we're on the front lines. We're on the front lines of a spiritual war and it takes everything God can possibly put in us to sort through what this looks like. The moments to press, the moments to stand firm, the moments to slow play it just a little bit, hear them out just a little bit more so we understand where they're coming from, so we can speak in return. Drew's going to be here in two weeks, I think. I'm looking at Johnny as if he knows the schedule. Drew's going to be here in two weeks as part of this sharing the joy. And Drew has this great statement, prayer is the work. When we don't know what else to do, prayer is the thing we can go to. We've seen in the Bible, prayer is so impactful. We see it in the early church. We see it in the Old Testament. We see the connectivity and the consistency of what prayer does in our lives. So this week, and let's, let's keep it going beyond this week, but this week and right now, let's pray over the church. God's big church as well as for RCC. So gracious Heavenly Father, this gift, this plan that sometimes seems so broken, you have taken broken people that are flawed and you put them together and they have sometimes done an amazing job with your church and they have sometimes not. We ask that from this moment forward all the things that might individually have us nervous have us terrified. Have us wondering where you are. That individually, you release us of those things. And you remind us of who your church is supposed to be, who your church is. Give your church, your big church globally, light a fire under it that refines it and that grows it and that strengthens it and that makes it stand out, that makes it weird. Let's be weird for you. Let's have a love that is so inexplicable as your church that people cannot even begin to wrap their heads around who we are or where this is coming from. Let's find ways to express this to meet needs. Emotional, physical, spiritual needs of those around us, that other half, more than half of the country around us that is terrified, that thinks that this church might be part of the problem is actually a solution Help us to be your solution. Help us to build each other up. When our fellow brothers and sisters, when one part of our church is struggling, help us to be there. Guide us with the words, guide us with the support to continue to strengthen this church. Collectively. Ignite that fire, grow that fire for those in our congregation that are wrestling with who you are, that maybe it's new, maybe something, some circumstances challenging seeing you, that you surround them. With the love that you have given to RCC and that we, as these individuals that make up this group, 
rally around them and help them see you. And for every visitor over this next year that sets foot on this campus, that they see a love that is so inexplicable that they can't help but want to become part of this. And help this church leave Sundays excited but knowing that the real work is done away from these walls. That our coffee shops and our sidelines, our classrooms, our cubicles, our offices, that the energy you give us as a collective unit to get excited for you keeps going throughout the week and meets those people where they are. That we look just like that church in Acts that is so on fire that it just spreads in inexplicable amounts. Let RCC be a huge part of that movement. Let us be grateful for that gift so that when we're in this in this spiritual war, in these trenches, that when our time finally comes that we get to be with you. That we truly will understand inexplicable joy. That the joy we feel now, that it will keep growing and keep building as part of this church, but that man, when we get to be with you and you say, well done, good and faithful servant, Thank you for this church. Thank you for this opportunity to come to you in prayer, to read to you and listen for you in scripture, to look for you and talk about you in relationships. And to see that culmination here at RCC. Thank you for this gift. Help us to believe in you in every corner every pathway in 2023. Amen.